Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Greg Seamus. This is actually, I think, message number eight or nine or week ten. I can't even remember. And so I don't do, um, I just do, I just keep going until I feel like the Holy Spirit says, you know, let's do something else. And so, um, but you never leave the topic. That makes sense? So this is all about like um, understanding um, God's Father heart. And last week, uh, and if you want, you can always go to our website and our website has all the videos and all that kind of stuff. I don't know a lot about, just you can go to it. And I think it's convergencehop.org. And you can, if you, if you missed a week or something, you can just jump in. I am look, really looking forward to Ben Armstrong being here. Uh, ben Armstrong is the leader of the prophetic ministry now at Bethel Church in Reading. And, um, and Chris has kind of taken a step aside. And Ben's kind of run, run uh, kind of overseeing the prophetic part of Bethel, which is, Bethel's a massive church, probably, I don't know, nine, ten thousand 10,000 now, 8,000, I don't know. And so, um, but he's going to be with us. And I, I've never heard him really preach, but I know what he's carrying. And he really carries the father heart message and uh, the royalty message and sons and daughters and, and the 16th being Father's Day. I would expect more from the wives, but anyway, the Father's Day. Uh, anyway, okay. Um, so he'll, I think I really believe he'll bring a good word. So just make sure you, you pencil that in. And then last thing before I jump in is I pray for the dubs. Okay, that's, I get too nervous. I might not even watch the game tonight. I just get too nervous. And my twin brother, he text messaged me because we played basketball in high school. And he's like, he's, I tend to look more on the negative and not the positive. So if there's a turnover, I throw my hat on the ground and, you know, Curry has a bad pass. And when he's like, no, call out the greatness, you know, and I'm just like, no, he made a, that's a terrible mistake. How can he do that? And my bro- anyway, so it's quite an adventure at our house during the warrior game, so. Okay, enough of that. Take your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 4. And today we're really going to be, um, we're really going to be doing a lot of work in Scripture. Is that good? And, um, and so if you have your digital devices, you can go ahead and go there. And, and um, we're going to be looking at the first 11 verses, but I'm really going to do a flyby. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, Jesus came, let's just say this, put it, in this, put it in this context kind of building a little bit on last week. You know, the, uh, Mary was preg- got pregnant by the Holy Spirit, conceived by the Holy Spirit, and we realized that God actually had a son. Now, we see some things in the Old Testament. I think there's 15 prophecies in the Old Testament, maybe more, maybe less, um, talking a little bit about God being father, but father is usually father to a nation, and like Israel and was the son and and so forth. And so... Uh, we see we see that we kind of talked about that last week, and then um, Mary gets pregnant by the Holy Spirit, and uh, now the Mary gets the revelation that the that God had a had a son, so that makes God Father and Son. Elizabeth, John the Baptist. We kind of drilled down into that. We talked about Jesus in the temple. 
Um, and we just kind of discussed that. And like he was about doing his father's business. And so if I was Joseph, I would say, hey, what are you talking about, man? Like, so, so for three days, they couldn't, find, they couldn't find Jesus, three or four days. And then they finally searched Jerusalem, and they see that he's actually in the temple. And he's actually corresponding with uh, the teachers of the day in the temple. And so then he makes this profound statement. He goes, basically, I, where, where is that? He says, um, la, 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 where is that? Da, 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 somewhere in the Bible. Um, anyway, it's almost like, um, didn't you realize that I'd be about my father's business? And um, if I was Joseph, I said, no, I, I didn't realize. And no one understood what he, what he meant. They were, they were confused by that statement. Nonetheless, you know, we're going to, we fast forward another 18 years and he's now he's 30 years old and he's, he's connected to his earthly parents. And now then he's also been connecting with his heavenly father. And I just want to say something right out of the gate and let you consider this. When Jesus started talking um, about God as father, that must have rocked that culture's world. Because in the Old Testament, um, God was used very, very selectively. In fact, you know, he was Yahweh. He was, he, and, and that was barely breathed. And even in my, I did some research this week. I went to a, uh, a Jewish site and a person was writing this article in the Jewish site, and any time he mentioned God in his article, it was G hyphen hyphen. G hyphen hyphen. This is 2018, 2017. These Jewish writers are G hyphen hyphen because God's name was so holy. It was, it was, it was so revered. And my understanding is that any time they wrote the name in, in when they were writing, let's say, Isaiah or writings, they would, they, would, uh, they would write the name and then they would put that pen down and grab a new pen and continue on and write the name. And the, the point is, is that God was so revered, so holy, so, so other than the, the concept that he can be father was not even in their paradigm. So much so that, that Paul says in Galatians, which we'll talk about next week, Paul said, and we'll hit Galatians chapter 3 and, and 4 next week, Paul says, no, he's not only father, he's Abba Father. So you're going from, you're going from this position of God being so other than, so holy, you don't even breathe his way. You don't even write his name fully. You're going from this kind of a revelation and this reverence to Paul saying, maintaining the reverence, right? But Paul saying, no, no, no. This New Testament, this new covenant, which was always in the heart of the Father, now you as the redeemed ones can actually call him daddy, That's the revelation. So we have, this, we have this picture of God in Genesis all the way through, you know, Malachi. It's okay, man. 
she's so beautiful. She really is. She had a little bow. I'm, I'm assuming his bow is that. That's the she part. So, so you have this revelation of God being this distant, you know, bearded one, right? Reverent and holy, and we always want to maintain that. Correct. The reverence, but at the same time, we now we drift into the New Testament, and now we have Jesus as God's Son, and now we have in Romans, I believe is Romans 12, and then or Romans 8, 12, and then it says in Galatians, now we call him, and they use the intention, they call up dad. What's that mean? That's the affectionate term a child would use for his father. So not only are you created in his image and likeness, you are actually sons and daughters with the legal, I don't even know how you can describe this, relationally legal uh, boldness or intimacy that you, that's available to you that he is also dad. Whether you love him or whether you have that revelation or not doesn't change the fact that he's dad. In other words, how I view God doesn't change who he is and, and his affection toward me. Now, I can either, whether I receive it or not, doesn't change his love for me. So it's now, it's up to me to come into that revelation of who he is, and then how, to, how do I appropriate that? We'll talk about that in the next coming weeks. Like, how, how do we do this? And then on top of that, he's given us all authority. Oh. And then it's connecting the father heart of God to the government of God. How do we do that? You guys are super quiet. So today's journey is going to be about Jesus revealing the Father. So Matthew chapter 4, did I tell you that? Now, let me just set, let me just set the stage. Jesus was just baptized by John. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. One gospel says, this is my son. Another gospel says, you are my son. In you, I'm well pleased. So here's, here's, the, here's the picture. Before Jesus does anything in terms of ministry, his identity as a son is already established. In other words, Jesus did not have to perform to be God's son and to be loved. Now, our culture is driven by performance. We have performance reviews. We have work with it. Our schools are based on performance. I'm not even saying those are wrong. I'm just saying that you can't grab your identity to your father based on performance. Jordan will always be my son, whether he performs or not. He's my son. 
Lydia's my daughter. Hannah's my daughter. These are all, they're blood. It's not based on performance. It's based on who that person is. But in the body of Christ, we, we measure God's love for us based on our performance. So am I reading my Bible enough? Am I praying enough? Am I witnessing to three people a week? I have it in my task manager. I have my highlighter. And we're like, it's, if we're not careful, it's driven on, it's based on duty and discipline instead of affection and intimacy. In order for us to love God, he has to love us first. So in worship, or when you, I'm not, I'm not against blocking out time for God. I do that. I have a meeting with God. It's in my calendar. But it doesn't mean that's my block and then I don't, I don't talk to the Lord all day long. My meeting's done. Now let's get on to other things. No, that's just my sacred time. When I can get before Father and just talk to him without the noise. Doesn't mean that you have to do that. That's what I do. And then I'm okay throughout the day. I'm connecting with heaven. Living from heaven to... Are you guys out there? So Jesus is already... Affirmed. Now, I don't know theologically how that, you know, connects because he emptied himself, right? But anyway, did Jesus need it at his baptism? Or was that more for the crowd? I don't know. But it's interesting that when he's driven out into the wilderness, the enemy comes to him and says, if you are the son of God, perform. So want to read it? Here we go. Then Jesus led, was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, wow. Afterward, he was hungry, you think? Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. And he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Victory for Jesus, check. Then the devil took him up to a holy city. And set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall, see the, the enemy knows the scriptures. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, it is written again, love it. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. That was good enough. 
Again, the devil took him up to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, all these things I will give you if you would just fall down and worship me. I think that's hilarious. You're talking about the uncreated responding to the created. Anyway, then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, exclamation point. So I don't think it was soft. Hey, away with you. I know, I think he, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Angels all over scripture. All right, here's our journey. So I'm going to be reading out of the New King James, because I like this Bible. Are you guys okay with that? You guys are so quiet, I'm a little... All right, let's just look at Jesus revealing the Father just in the Gospel of John. Are you ready? Here we go. John chapter 3. This is going to be a little different today. John chapter 3, verse 33, talks about the Father, how the Father loves the Son. For he who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God does not give the Spirit by measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. All right? So this is, turn to John chapter 4. This is our, this is our journey today. All right? Boom, 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 boom. It's going to be like this. All right? Now we're at Jesus talking to the woman at the well. Here's the, here's the thought today. Jesus revealing the Father. The mission of Jesus was to reveal the Father's heart, the Father heart of God. The cross was a means for us to connect with the Father. Uh, you guys. Verse 21. So here's Jesus at the woman, talking to the woman at the well. I love all these stories. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the, worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Verse 23, but the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Where's the worship directed? Uh-huh. I'm just telling you, I'm just saying, right? It's, it's not exclusive, I'm just saying, right? So it's okay to sing, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Wow. Go to John chapter 5. Here's a section here. Jesus is talking about honoring the Father and the Son. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought, I'm verse 16. I'm sorry, did I tell you the, the address? John 5, 16. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my Father has been working until now. 
and I've been working. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him, that's Jesus, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Remember, this was, this is, this was, this is so counterculture, so extreme in this context. So, making himself equal with God, then Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the father, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. Who's doing the all things? The father is. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead, who raises the dead? As the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he will. For the father judges no one. The father judges no one. But has committed all judgment to the son. That would be Jesus. That all should honor the son just as they honor the father. He who does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a whole month right there. Right? Let's flip it over. And what verse am I looking at now? John 5.36. I just got to find it. I'm not as young as I used to be. All right. But I'm still young. But I have a greater witness, verse 36, than John's. For the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do. Who's given Jesus the works to finish? The Father. Bear witness of me that the Father has sent me, and the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. Wow. John chapter 10. Let's jump there. Are you guys okay? All right, here we go. Do they have it on PowerPoint too? Wow, these guys are good. All right. John chapter 10. Let's take a look at verse 14. I am the good shepherd. And I know my sheep, and I am known by, by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Therefore, my Father, verse 17, therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. 
No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. This command I received from my father. I want you to keep hearing this. My father. My father. He's my father. He's my father. I am Jesus, and I have a father. And he is my father, God the Father. Because there's going to be a transition here in a moment. As soon as I find my stuff. Oh, my goodness. I knew I, you know what? I should have listened to my, that was the Holy Spirit. I should have just, you ever listened to like, you should have said like the Holy Spirit should have, yeah. Okay, anyway, I'm talking to myself. I'm rambling. John 14. There's so much in here. I just needed to be selective. The way, the truth, and the life. Are you ready? Verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What's the emphasis? Jesus being the way to the Father. Jesus being the life of the Father, the truth of the Father. No one comes to the Father but through the cross. Through accepting Jesus, the Father is the prize. Oh, come on. Why did I not think it would be so quiet? But it Verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him and he dwells with you and will be in you. And here's the the, the crux, uh, I think, of the gospel. And I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Verse 19, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my father and you are in me 
and I in you. How do you wrap your brain around that statement? So someone did an illustration once. I'm not going to do it here today, but I'll tell you about it. It's kind of like, it was kind of, anyway. They had a chair, had someone sit in it, and so then they had another person sit on that person's lap, and they had another person sit on that person's lap. That Jesus is in the Father, and we are in the Son, and the Son is in us. It's like the three chairs. We are squarely positioned in the Father, in the Godhead. You guys all right? John 15. Verse 15. I no longer, no longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all the things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you that you love one another. You think Jesus is talking about his dad a lot? Verse 16, uh, chapter 16, sorry. Verse 23. In that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. John 17. John 17 would take months to cover, but it's Jesus praying to his father. I mean, it's, it's, it's the most, to me, that's the Lord's prayer. Matthew chapter 6, to me, is the disciples' prayer. So Jesus teaches how to pray. This must have been stunning because Jesus says, pray like this, our father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You pray to the Father in the name of the Son. So here he is in John 17, and he's talking to his Father, and it's recorded. Here's the convo with Jesus and his dad. In verse 4, it says, I have glorified you on the earth. Jesus is saying this about his Father. Here it is. Here's the mission. I have glorified you on the earth. Here's the mission. I have glorified the Father on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world began, or before the world was. Here's how the Passion Translation renders that part of the verse. It says, I have revealed them 
to them who you are. I have revealed every single person that came in contact with me of who the Father is. I have revealed to them who you are, and I, have, and I will continue to make you even more real to them. That stretches all the, all the way to 2019 in Fremont, California. So that unto they may experience, say, I, I may experience, may experience the same endless love that you have for me. For your love will now live in them as even I live in them. Whew. I mean, you can just race through. I mean, John 17, he's talking about glorifying. Anyway, he's talking about all these kinds of things. He's talking to the Father about he's made himself known to the disciples. He's made himself known to the world. He's made himself known. He's completed the race. He's done all this kind of stuff because he knows the cross is right in front of him. So he says in verse 24, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am and that... uh, and that they may behold my glory, which you have given me. Who gives the son glory? The father. For you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these who have known that you have sent me, and I have declared to them your name. And I will declare it, that the love which which the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. All my years in Bible college, all my years in study, I've, I had, I have, I've had books, I studied Christology, which is the study of Jesus. I had semesters on it. I had studies in pneumatology, which is the study of the Holy Spirit. I've had studies in ecclesiology, which is the study of the church. Never had I had a class on the study of the Father. Not one. I don't even know what it would be called. Fatherology. (laughs) Right? Abba. Abbaology. I don't know what it would be. But why is it so silent? When what Jesus did is he came to reveal the Father. So there's a peace because we have people in our congregations, we have people who are sitting in their chairs, they're glorifying the Son, which is rightfully so. Jesus is, is the champion of heaven. Jesus is the one who came. He, he did live that spotless, blameless, sinless life so that he could be the sacrifice for the atoning work of the cross for us. Why? Unto what? So that we would have access, that we would have regained our inheritance, that we would be redeemed, that we would be brought back into sonship. Just like he was the son. Oh, come on now. So I love Mary Magdalene. I love what Jesus did in restoring her. Come on now. So now, Jesus is killed. He's 
thrown in. He's put into a tomb. He wasn't thrown in. Put into his tomb, wrapped. And I love where, anyway, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm veering off. Because I was going to talk about, again, women and how Jesus, anyway, empowered them. Oh, don't get me started. Okay, everyone, get to John chapter 20, because here's the, here's the simple revelation for us. And here's where I wrap it up. Throughout the Gospels, he's talking about, let's just say this, he's talking about God as being his father. John 17, he said, he's, he's, he knows he's facing the cross. He knows his time is up here on this planet. And he's saying to the Father, I've done it. I've revealed you. I've let people see your heart. I finished the race. And so he goes to the cross, he's put in the tomb, he rises from the dead. Verse 11, but Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, woman, the angels, woman, why are you weeping? I love these questions. What are you talking about? Jesus was just killed, you know? And she said to them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. Verse 14. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, sir, if you have carried away him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary, exclamation point. She turned and she said to him, Rabboni, Rabbonio, or Rab something like that, which means teacher, Rabbi, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father. Only after the resurrection. I am ascending to my father and I'm also ascending to your father and to my God and to your God. What's the revelation? The revelation is 
that he has always been father from the very beginning of time. Jesus came to represent and reveal the father so that he's not just father, he's my father. He's just not father, he's our father. What are the implications? That's what we have to dig into. If Jesus paid the price, the atoning work of the cross, the pain that he went through, the work that he did, if he did all of that, it was more than just getting us through the doors of salvation. He's bringing us into something. But if we don't understand our sonship, we're going to live as orphans even though we're saved. And that's the trick. We strive, we work, we try and win love, we try and win God's heart, we try and win. Listen, you've already won his heart. It was demonstrated on the cross. That's his heart. Jesus says, look, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I have a gift for you. It's the Father. And I'm going to bring you, I'm going to make you, I'm going to make a way to bring you to the Father, not as an orphan any longer. But now as a son and a daughter, well, we better understand our position. Oh. Colossians chapter one. Passion translation, verse 12 through 14. We're going to hit this next week. I mean, we're going to dive into it. Right? Everyone say dive. Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. He has rescued you completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness, tyrann anyway, rule of darkness and has translated you into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son, all sins are canceled. Everyone say all. All sins are canceled. And we have the release of redemption through his very blood. Galatians chapter 3. I know I said I'd jump off the stage. That's going to be next week. For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. That includes male and female. It's not gender-based, sons of God. It's like the bride of Christ, sons of God. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Oh, man. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, 
then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. We have to understand the Roman definition of like adoption. We'll hit that next week. But is under the guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Even so, when we were children, we're in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem. You cannot redeem what was not once yours. You can only redeem what's something that you've been previously owned. To redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, listen to this, we don't even, we haven't even dialed in. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, so quit living like one. But a son, and if a son, then an heir of the Father through Christ. I'm telling you guys, this is your identity and the foundation. People are like, hey, why are you talking about this? This has everything to do with your family, this has everything to do with your marriage. This has everything to do with your career. This has everything to do with your witness. This has everything to do with your life. Though it's not, I'm not talking about the feely part of things. I'm talking about the foundation. I'm talking about the rebar. I'm talking about the cement. I'm talking about the things that are structurally in place so you can rise and soar. This is what I'm talking about. This is what we have to grab a hold of. Amen. Let's stand. Listen to John 20, 21. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Dude, that's the commission. It's the Father's heart that fills us. Well, how, how, do, we, how do we live as sons? How do we live as daughters? That's the big question. We're going to dive into that. Let me just tell you a little bit out of Galatians chapter 5. It says, walk in the Spirit. It says in Romans 5, 5, that we open up our hearts and allow the love of God to cascade into our hearts so we can give it away. I think, I think honestly, I think the people in Toronto way back in 1990-something got a little bit on the right side for sure. Their mission statement is receive the Father's love and give it away. That's what it, the essence of the gospel is. 
So Father, I just, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. And though we have different roles, we have different callings, we have different anointings, we have the same Father. And I pray that, that every single person in this room would sense the Father's love, would feel the Father's love, the Father's affection toward them. Lord, we break off striving in the name of Jesus. We break off all this performance-based Christianity in the name of Jesus. And we want to come into liberty of just knowing that we are fully loved by Father God who is the uncreated, who has an endless supply of his love that he wants to give to every single person in this room. And when we are dialed into your love, when your love fills us, it's easy to come into obedience. It's just easy. It's not striving. It's, it's out of love and affection that we serve you, Jesus. And so I just release your people to that revelation. Lord, may we just continue to chew on this together as a spiritual family. May we just not, even in our times with you, we're just driving down the road, resting in your presence, just resting and receiving. John 15, just the branch is, a, is stuck to the vine and just receives the nutrients. The branch isn't working really hard, it's just receiving and fruit is being produced. So I just want to give you, I don't, the, the, life, the liberty to just receive from the Father. And don't make Christianity hard. Don't make following Jesus hard. I just want to break off the lies that you're not good enough. I want to break off the lies that somehow you think you're a failure. You've made too many mistakes. You're hiding from God. You're hiding from the Father. You, let's break that off you. I just, I just want to extend an invitation. Just like the prodigal son, find your way back to the Father and he'll receive you. I know what I could do. I can come back and be his slave. No. No. He's got a robe for you. He's got a ring for you. He's got sandals for you. Because sandals is a sign of sonship. So just receive it. Just take a moment. Put your hands out. This is our little prophetic act. And and then we're going to have our, I think Caitlin's going to come up here in a moment. Just say this, I receive the Father's love. I receive the Father's love right now. Just receive it. You know, Galatians says you don't have to strive to receive it. You have to believe. You have to believe. So just simply say to the Father, I believe you're re that I'm receiving your love right now. I believe that I'm receiving the Father's love right now. It's called faith.
It's based on promise. Just receive it. Lord, you're raising up an army of God lovers who are walking with the Father's heart and being ecclesia at the same time. As you pour your affection into our heart, we just want to love the world like you did. For God so loved the world, he gave. So fill us so that we can give. Fill us so we can give. Fill us so we would have your heart for the broken, the lost. That witnessing is not something we have to do. It's something that we get to do. It's just just an extension of the love of God flowing out of our heart. That's all it is. Lord, forgive us for complicating it. Forgive us for making... Volumes and 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 volumes of theological works. We just receive the Father's love and give it away. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Caitlin's going to come on up. You guys give her a hand. And I'll turn my mic off. Um, well, first, can I have the prayer servants come forward? Um, they're going to be up here for 20 minutes after service. So um, jump in line if you want to receive prayer for if anything touched during service. Um, or if you just have something you came in you wanted prayer for. Um, but before I do announcements, I just, I hope this is okay. I wanted to share something that right, right as uh, we were praying. The Lord reminded me of the first words he ever said to me. You know, like, do you guys remember the first time God ever spoke to you? Um, I was like seven And he was like, the very first words God ever spoke to me, he could have said anything. He could have called me into mystery. He could have given me a grand plan for my life. But the only words he said to me were, I am your father. And I didn't know what that meant because I was seven. But I knew it meant something good. And I never questioned it because you're seven, right? If If God tells you he's your father, you're like, yeah, that's right. You're my dad. And I think there's an element of childlike faith to that. So I just wanted to release that over you guys and receive it again myself. (laughs) Um, So Lord, I just thank you, God, as we go about our week, Lord, as we step into our regular lives, Father, that you'll just give us moments of letting us see your glory, seeing your love, seeing you father us. And Lord, I just pray, God, that you'll call us up to a place of seeing and walking in our identity in you, Father because we are your sons and daughters. We are, we are your hands and feet, but not just to do your good works, but to be a representative of you and to love like you love, Father. Teach us how to receive so we can give more. <laughs> I just bless all these amazing people as they go out into the week. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe and thank you for listening.